This is 36ers Live with Paul Bonzer and Rupert Sapwell. Thanks to Panasonic Air Conditioning and driven by Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Welcome back to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. The Phoenix, the winners tonight, 102.85. It's the post-game show for Drink Wise. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. And we're lucky enough to have one of the Adelaide 36ers star, Jacob Wiley, with us. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, after a loss, it's always hard to chat after a loss. Oh, yeah, it's all but, good. But things sort of got away from the Sixers in the second quarter and just couldn't fight your way back into the game. Yeah, you know, uh, for us, it's, 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 the, it's the battle of being great one quarter, being really bad another quarter. Uh, it's been like that all season. Um, I felt like we didn't communicate a lot. Uh, I was to blame for a lot of those miscommunications. But uh, we were switching. We were trying to throw something different at them defensively. I thought Brown, uh, Mitch Creek, Allen Williams were great tonight, uh, ex exploiting us on those. And, uh, yeah, and, and that's that's a big reason why we didn't come out with the win tonight. Yeah, Jacob, you, you noticed, yeah, you, you said that there was about that exploiting of those mismatches. They were very clinical in that thing, weren't they? Yeah. Sometimes the guards, they want to take over when they see a mismatch, see a big guy guarding him, they want to take it off the dribble. They weren't that. Right. They, they pumped that ball into the post. Yeah, they were, they were very patient, very clinical. Uh, didn't settle for bad shots. They knew when to throw the ball inside. They knew how to space. And uh, we just weren't able to recover from those easy baskets. And offensively, we were stagnant, not moving the ball, uh, not sticking to our game plan. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of moving parts. We got uh, DJ coming in with just a couple days of practice trying to learn our offense. Uh, we got young guys, you know, that are going to be up and down. And it's, it's just a lot, of, a lot of moving pieces. And I think that's why you're seeing the, the – inconsistency uh, throughout the throughout the games. The thing we noticed in the uh, in the second quarter too was a lot of offensive rebounds for the Phoenix as well. They were dominant there. Anytime you bring Williams back into the fold, there's going to be some trouble on the offensive glass, no question. But also, Sixers shot selection. He settled for a lot of three-pointers. We're not necessarily banging up a lot of three-pointers traditionally, but tonight I thought there was more three-point shots taken. Maybe DJ has something to do with that, but it was it was our shot selection and our threes not going in, and their offensive glass. Do you, yeah. How did you how did you see that on second yeah, quarter you, unfolding? You, you know, with DJ coming in, we're trying to get him shots. He's a shooter. Uh, we want him to shoot the ball. Uh, it's just us understanding when to, when to shoot, when to throw the ball inside, kind of like they were doing to us, um, not settling for bad shots, uh, and that just comes with our continuity offensively, moving the ball, uh, sharing the ball, not letting the ball stick. And, uh, yeah, they're big and physical, so we had a, we had an issue with that uh, also on the offensive glass, so we couldn't get out and run. Uh, for yourself personally, 14 points, eight rebounds, a solid night for you again. And uh, what, what we love, and we say this during the call every time we call you play basketball, is the energy you bring in, into the game. Is that what you look to do every week? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, you know, it's frustrating because I'm not 100% healthy right now. I've been dealing with a calf issue, Achilles issue, so I'm not really able to practice. So so my conditioning is not 100%, but when I'm out there, uh, I give it everything I got, and uh, I try to just lead by example. I, I don't care how many points I score, how many shots I take. I just try to play hard with what I have on, on any given night and uh, just try to lead through that example. You've been leading the team in assists so far this year as well. Has that been something you've traditionally done? It, it doesn't feel that way to me. Yeah, yeah, it's not something I've traditionally done, but, uh, you know, the way that we, we play our offense, I'm getting downhill a lot, getting a lot of little dump-offs to, to Humphreys because he's just an amazing uh, a finisher at the basket and um, just, just just trying to be aggressive, like not necessarily looking to score every time I drive because I can, you know, beat one defender off the dribble, draw help and kick. And, uh, again, just trying to set that example to play unselfishly and, uh, and just try to play team basketball. Always hard to um, zoom out after a game, win or loss. Uh, so you've got 
you've got a one-sentence slogan you're going to paint on the wall of the 36ers change room this week. What is it? Uh, uh, I would say it's uh, stick, st stay the course. Yeah. Stay the course. Um, there's a lot of games this season that we had a chance to win at Perth, at Sydney, Melbourne at home. There's three games we have a chance to win uh, that we that we didn't end up pulling out. So you know, of course, when you're losing, everybody wants to hit the panic button. Everybody wants to wants to you know point fingers and blame. But I think if we stay the course, keep working hard. Like I said before, we have a lot of moving parts. If we stay the course, we still have a chance to win a lot of games this year. You're relentlessly positive. That seems to be the way you get up in the morning. I don't know if you sleep. Maybe you're positive all night. <laughs> but uh, you know, like is, that's uh, that's a thing that the Sixers are going to need from you. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, again, trying to lead by example, if I'm supposed to be the energy guy, if I'm supposed to be po positive and I come in with, with, with bad energy, with, uh, you know, talking crazy, pointing fingers, then what what uh, tone does that set for the team? So I'm just trying to stay positive. I'm trying not to look at if it's wins or losses. I try to look at what is our energy like, what is our body language like, what is our effort like uh, every night. You spent a couple of years here in Adelaide, uh, different venue now. We've upgraded and playing here at the Entertainment Centre. Uh, any difference? Like, is there a different feel? Because the old stadium was we much love, especially Rupert <laughs> playing out of that stadium. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a very loud stadium. Yeah, I love, um, I love Titanium. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of fond memories in Titanium. Uh, I, I like the griminess of Titanium. People yeah. parking on the lawn, you know, <laughs> drinking outside. It's, uh, it, it, you know, here it's a lot more tame, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful venue. Yes. You know, look at the seating, look at yeah. the arrangement here, look at the lighting. Uh, it's 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 very modern, very beautiful, and uh, the NBL deserves to have every team to have uh, seating like this in stadiums. And and my hat goes off to the Adelaide fans. They show up every night, and I, that means a lot to me. Uh, that that means a lot to our guys. We we talk about it amongst ourselves, like man, win or lose, these these fans show up. They support us, and uh, I just I just ask that they keep doing so. Before we let you go, um, the difference between the NBL when you were here last and the standard it is right now. Oh, the league is amazing. Uh, it's, 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 it's just grown. I mean, the local Australian players are so good. These guys can play anywhere in the world. They want to play here. The imports coming in are top-notch. The coaching is top-notch. Uh, you just see the league growing every year. And, and I travel the world. I play all over the world. E everywhere I go, people ask me about this league. People are trying to get to this league. I've been trying to come back to this league for a while, just waiting for the right opportunity. And uh, you can just see it on, on the global scale. Uh, but when I played here before, people weren't talking about Australia as much as they are now. It's good to hear, Sapper. Yeah. It is good to <laughs> yeah. hear. And uh, yeah, it is a destination league, absolutely. It's a tough one. Getting better and better. More imports in the league than when you were here the, first, the last Royal, time, yeah. I'm sure. So, yeah, more, more spots available. But we love your energy, Jacob. Um, you know, love the humility that you play with. I think some of that comes from small town college, small division college stuff, like yeah. you know, oh, yeah. not you know, fighting for stuff and all that. And I'm being a bit self-indulgent here because Jacob went to the uh, the same college that my son yes, ended up going to, and and that is nowheresville. In, in, uh, <laughs> so you know, like yes. he's he's had a very humble beginning, Jacob, and he's uh, worked for everything he's got, and it's fantastic to see him on a on a high scale here. Well, I appreciate the kind words, guys. Love your work. Uh, love everything you guys do, and uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Good luck Saturday night. Hey, thank you so much, brother. Jacob Wiley joining us uh, here after the game. Appreciate it. And uh, he will be back in action on Saturday night. Um, Sapper, you mentioned one word there, and it just jumps off the page at me, and that's humble. Yeah, he is. Uh, it's, uh, you, well, when you see someone like Jacob Wiley, you wonder if it's an act. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, he just walks around energetic. He's, uh, you know, he, 
I've, I've watched a couple of practices. He walks, he skips down the stairs. He doesn't walk down the stairs. He's he's hyper. He's going. He's he's reaching out and physically touching his teammates. Like there's a he's a real galvanizer in there. And you know, there's points and rebounds that come, uh, and you can look at those statistical things. But there's a there's a locker room glue guy thing as well. And I mean, his uh, his energy is sometimes. I mean, people might be put off by that energy, but really, it's uh, it's about creating an environment that people want to be a part of. And when you've got good human beings around the place, it just creates a working environment that people want to be at and continue to be at. And you know, the when I've seen uh, behind the when the lights are off, the, the team gets along well. Yes, you know? like it's a it's yes. a good environment there. They're working hard. They've got good. Uh, development systems in place for their younger players, and and so there's a uh, there's a good vibe around that, and really they just need a few things to fall their way, and momentum can be uh, wild in that respect. But you know Phoenix absolutely too good today, and and uh, that's just a that's a experienced pro team doing their thing. That like those guards Brown and Cummings are just they're just pros. You know they know what they're yep. doing, and Brown is an unstoppable force close to the basket. So they had a few nice pieces, and of course Mitch Creek is probably the best two or three Australian players going around, if not players in the league full stop. So they've got a lot of talent, the Phoenix, and been sputtering so far this year, but got it together tonight. Let's have a look at some stats for budget, car and truck rental, and we make a difference. Well, uh, turnover count uh, is important. I always look at sister turnovers to see how well a team's travelling. Phoenix traditionally haven't been real good at setting their teammates up. 10.2 assists a game is one of the lowest in the league, but tonight they had 21. Right. So that's indicative of their game plan and being able to uh, find, A, players for open shots, but B, players on, on uh, cuts as well. So they had a lot of post-dominant offense tonight and players cutting off the ball to find that. So 21 assists and only six turnovers. Generally, when you've got a two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio in a game, you're traveling really well. But to only have six turnovers, really looking after the ball, was outstanding, efficient offense for the Phoenix tonight. By contrast, the Sixers weren't terrible with their turnovers. They've been okay. They've had their problems, no question, before. But 12 yep. turnovers is about on average for them. Uh, but only 11 assists. Couldn't really get their their offense flowing much at all tonight. They couldn't get uh, out into transition. They couldn't find any free baskets. The Phoenix just dominated them physically. It didn't beat beat them on the rebounds by much, but it just felt like a real dour, tough game. And uh, Phoenix still got their uh, average, in fact, above their average, and and uh, still one of the top scorers in the in the competition. But um, Sixers has found ways to struggle offensively and it was a bit of a slog for them tonight and it wasn't for the free throws but they did pretty well in the end and Sixers are really good at getting to the free throw line did that again 20 of 26 tonight so Trey Kell including uh, 8 of 10 for him yes. so did a really good job getting there and that seems to be how the offense ticks over for the Sixers they're just bullying their way to the basket and getting free throws and still did that at a good clip tonight but shooting percentage 3 point percentage and field goal percentage still low Look at the uh, scorers for both teams. Firstly, for um, the Phoenix, Mitch Creek, 23 points to lead all scorers. Will Cummings ended up with 18. Uh, Gary Brown, 19. Alan Weems, 15. And Matt Kenyon, 11. Four players in... in uh, sorry, five players in double figures. And for the Adelaide 36ers, Trey Kell was their high scorer with 21. Uh, DJ Vasilovic, 17, after sort of exploding in that first quarter. Uh, 14 to Jacob Wiley and uh, 12 to Mitch McCarron, the skipper, who I thought had a, a reasonably good game as well. Well, yeah, Mitch, you know, he, he uh, was 
efficient from the field as well. He did uh, well enough there. He's five of seven, a couple of threes and five boards, and um, you know is physical enough down uh, when they were switching defenses to not get exploited too much. Had some wrestles down there with Mitch Creek, but on the whole, it was just about uh, clinically deconstructing the 36ers defense. The Sixers were switching, which meant they had a, a tall player guarding a, a guard and they had a small player down yep. on the post. And a lot of teams will back that ball out and run at that big guy and try and create something out of that. All the Phoenix did was just roll the ball onto the post and none of the Sixers defense could do anything about it because they were well spaced and there were shooters everywhere. They were really well, really patient, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Oh, and that's what happened. And, and when they, when the post players made their post moves, they went that they were going in. So, you know, Mitch Creek had an excellent second half and was uh, particularly damaging down the post where he was um, able to go after setting screens. And once you know that that's what the Sixers are going to do, then it became, um, you know, an easy offensive option for the Phoenix to just to do that. So yep. guards didn't have to do much in that second half other than roll the ball into the post, and, and uh, it was really all Mitch Creek in that second half. Um, play of the game for Burbank Homes, inspiring design and personal service. I've picked one, but you might have another one as well. I thought the man over there, number 55, the three-pointer on three-quarter time. The game got to down to nine points, and uh, again, that just blew it out to 12 at three-quarter time. Well, that was the one I had in mind as well because yeah. Uh, yeah, that was so important and it was flat, but it was uh, he was confident enough to take the shot and, and, yeah, we just had a really good quarter of the sixes, got back to within nine and kicked that back out to 12 and sucked the energy out as well. There wasn't much energy to begin with in the in the room and that was particularly because of the, the way the Phoenix went about their stuff. It was just tough physical basketball, lots of fouls called, but they're better at it at the moment than the Sixers are, and, and uh, if it wasn't for that second quarter, it might have been a different story. Do you see any um, Mike Kelly coaching philosophies coming out in the way the Phoenix are playing? Uh, I'm a good friend with Mike, and yeah. uh, I've known him for a long time, and uh, we trained together at the Southeast Melbourne Magic in the mid-90s, and uh, I know, yeah, very dour defensive player, um, not very excitable, just sort of goes about his business there. And if I was to say, okay, what's, what does a defensive game look like where there's not much emotion in the game? Probably looks like that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty tough. And he was, uh, um, you know, he's had a rocky start. I wouldn't say that the, um, the record is um, flattering for the Phoenix at the moment. They're now 3-3 three and three and, and are looking closer to being good but you, you look at the their starting five potential starting five there and they're really really good a little bit light on at the four if Mitch Creek plays at the three like you got Craig Moller there who's played some games for the Boomers but mm. um, you know he's not as um, dynamic as, as some of the players there but it enables uh, them to I mean he's quite a smart player so it's not like they're losing out there but Williams is a dominant force on the in there so I would say that uh, um Mike Kelly uh, likes that old school basketball. What does old school basketball look like? Throw it in the post and operate yep. out of the post. So, yep. so maybe that is uh, indicative of Mike. Maybe that's a thing that uh, they thought happened. But really, they've got to take what the defense gives them. And and uh, in the in the scheme of things, a, a switching defense allows mismatches, and they exploited mismatches. And that third quarter was po throw it into the post, and the fourth quarter it was uh, you know Brown and Cummings show. So um, did whatever they wanted tonight. I just want to touch on Matt Kenyon one, one more time. Ten rebounds, 11 points. But his, I guess his defense during during that second half was outstanding as well. I don't want to say he was the best player on the floor, but usually it's important because yep. uh, Vasiljevic was quite the problem for the Phoenix in that first quarter, and that was when uh, uh, he wasn't on. 
And then when he when Kenyon subbed on in that uh, late in that first quarter, Vasiljevic, um, you know, was noticeably quieter. Hmm. Kenyon got into him physically, niggling him, needling him, you know, pushing him off things. There was a bit of, you know, argy yep. bargy there, and uh, you know, did exactly what he was supposed to do. So that's one thing to do the defensive stuff, but as another thing to be as damaging on the boards as he was. And he's a very, very good rebounder for a guard. And when you've got a guard getting double-figure rebounds, that's gold. And you know, like teams, are, the scout is leave him open, but he's you know doing enough from the perimeter to suggest that he's not dead weight out there, and they've got to respect him. And but he was uh, yeah, outstanding, and I would say you know they the Phoenix had well all five of they had five at least four really good players. Kenny coming off the bench was outstanding, but uh, yep. you know they two imports, Mitch Creek, or three imports, and Creek all in double figures as well. So had a lot of contributors today, Phoenix, and got it done as a well and truly excellent team performance. Will Cummings, he, he just seems to almost go unnoticed out there. Yeah. And ends the game uh, with a plus minus of 18 and 18 points of his own um, he d- and five assists. Well, what a luxury for Mike Kelly to have. I mean, you don't, well, it's a luxury. He, he's earned it because he's picked those players. But, you know, Gary um, Brown goes out and you think, ah, oh, good. But then Will Cummings subs back in like yeah. he, he starts them both but then he staggers a lot of their minutes uh, throughout the game so they've always got heady leadership from that point guard position and you just look at them mate, they're, they're just calm there's no excitement there they don't get r- you know rattled by anything and they played a lot of high level basketball around the world and so they've seen a lot more volatile environments to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre and, and so they you know they're just playing with a, a sense of poise there that uh, you know enables teams to go about their business so they never at any stage look rattled tonight no this is the day's play for drink wise if you ch- if you're choosing to have a drink choose to drink wise back more from the Adelaide Entertainment Centre soon This is 36ers Live with Paul Bonza and Rupert Sapwell. Thanks to Panasonic Air Conditioning and driven by Australian Motors Mitsubishi. This is today's play for Drink Wise. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. Bonds and Sapper here just wrapping things up. It was a big win by the South East Melbourne Phoenix, 102-85. to They blew the game apart in the second quarter, 26-14 to quarter, and they led by 12 points at halftime. They led by uh, 12 points at three-quarter time and win by 17 points in the end. Um, Sapper, I need to get sort of your best players, but I want you to name one player of the game thanks to Tyre Power. Get your free five-minute safety check, which well, is going to be hard to do. Well, it is. Uh, this is just the the player of the game, not the sixer player of the game. Right? No, yeah, so, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, you could, you could pick... Matt Kenyon, he was uh, outstanding defensively. You could pick Will Cummings because, you know, he had 18 points and, and uh, five assists and very, very efficient that way. Uh, Gary Brown, 19 points, including some massive buckets. Eight assists, only one turnover. Like, that's eight assists and one turnover is something. Awesome. Will Cummings, five assists, no turnover. So get 13 assists and one turnover out of your primary ball handlers was absolutely outstanding. Mind you, only six turnovers for the entire team for the game, which is outstanding. Alan Williams did his thing, 13 boards and 15 points. He's a walking double-double, and you yep. get someone like that, that's uh, absolute gold. And Mitch Creek, you know, game-high scorer, 23 points on uh, 9 of 14, 64%. Didn't do much on the boards, didn't need to, but he was incredibly efficient offensively. And, um, you know, you're, you're looking at uh, things that change the game, 
and Mitch Creek definitely big in that second half and just when six was threatened he hit that big bucket and that was good um, but he was the recipient of some really good decision making from uh, Brown and Cummings I felt so Mitch Creek doesn't have the game that he has unless those two set him up so yep. Uh, there's a two-headed monster there. I don't think I can really separate those two. Okay. But, um, yeah, I think those two were incredibly important. They just ran the show very well, uh, dished up where they needed to. That assisted turnover ratio was absolutely outstanding, got the, all the shots that they wanted to. But I, I think for popping up at the biggest times, I'm going to give it to Brown. I think he was uh, outstanding. Hit some massive three-pointers at the time. and uh, you know, His second quarter, I thought that was the route that changed the game, his second quarter. He was he was excellent. Yeah, you know, I just just they could get anywhere they wanted. They got real yep. in their game, very shifty, and uh, you know we were marveling at it early in that game. Just going, yes. oh, geez, this is a problem for the defense, and it, and it remains so. And um, you know, when they set on ball screens, they made the right choices. When there was space, they were able to get in and you know either finish, particularly Brown uh, in transition and on that right hand in in the uh, in the half court, but. Yeah, player of the game was uh, Gary Brown, I felt. He was very, very good. He was for tyre power. Get your free five-minute safety check. Um, Sapper, we saw a nice moment in that ad break there. Um, the next star, uh, Trenton Flowers, was everyone's gone home, except for a half a dozen people waiting to get autographs or family or whatever, and there was a young kid who would have been, what, sort of seven or eight? Oh, if that. If that. Yeah. And uh, Trenton Flowers played some one-on-one with him for a, five minutes or so and then signed the ball and gave it to him. That's uh Yeah. It was good. Making it? a moment. It is a moment and uh, you know, all the parents are taking photos and you know, it didn't look like oh you know, Trenton Flowers said, Oh, okay, this is something I read I should do. This is just seems seems like something he would naturally do. Yes. Just likes to be around kids and you know, truth be known, he's probably closer in age to that uh, seven-year-old than he is to some of his teammates. So probably <laughs> true. <laughs> so uh, true. Yeah, but uh, he he didn't have to do that. But he does make those little moments, and those little moments stick. Um, I know Bonds, you probably had those in your I chosen did. sport, and I definitely had those in mine. And um, you know, they just they stick with you the whole time. You never forget them, and and it doesn't take much effort to do that sort of stuff. But um, you know, he didn't get the. Um, matter of fact, that I know that he he scored a couple of free throws tonight, but not much else. He could have been forgiven for yeah. feeling a little bit into his into himself, and uh, you know, not um, you know, real happy with what's going on. But here he was out there with a smile and work, working with these little kids, and uh, giving parents and kids a, a photo moment and a life moment, which was you know something I'll never forget. So. Sometimes you forget that uh, you know these professional athletes are still human beings and they still do hum- humane and human things. So it's really nice to see a nice moment there from Trenton Flowers to to make that kid's life. And as I'm looking out now, I see all the McCarran kids out there as well, and uh, you know enjoying what's going on. And you know, it casts me back to a lot of memories of my own kids. So these yep. are things that they'll never forget. Yeah. All the uh, blonde McCarrans out. <laughs> oh, there might be a Kadi there as well. <laughs> um, but uh, look, we've got a couple of minutes before we uh, wrap things up. We are back here again Saturday night. I can't wait for this. We just love playing the Wildcats. Your old mate, John Relly, is coaching him. Um, are you going to get onto the phone to him tomorrow or Saturday and just say good day? Yeah, oh, look, I say, you know, normally I say, hey, fantastic that you're coaching Perth Wildcats, but I still hate the Perth Wildcats. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Rills and I were very good friends uh, you know, through those 36 times. And, yes. And uh, it's been a lot of good times again. I still consider him a very good friend. He's got his work cut out there. He's got a lot of offensive talent, but, um, you know, they're not a rebounding force. So, 
there exists some opportunities for the 36ers to get out and run against the Wildcats. Wildcats want to do the same thing. I mean, I don't think anyone's got more offensive talent than the Wildcats. Alex Saar, the next star, is absolutely legit. He's a seven-footer. Yeah, looking forward to really watching. move. Fantastic defender. And yep. um, he's, uh, yeah, really, really good. And that's what a high draft pick looks like. And kudos to the NBL for getting these types of players. You know, like he's, uh, yeah, he, he could have probably done anything. He could have stayed over in Europe and earned plenty big dollars. But comes uh, down to Australia. And, Why not? Uh, yeah, Why it's not? A, it's a great yeah. place and yeah. a great league. Uh, Sapper, thanks again for your time um, and can't wait to be here again on Saturday night. Thanks to uh, DMG back in the studio looking after us and uh, he's cut up some highlights for us and we're going to leave you with that. It's the uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix 102 take uh, the win against the Adelaide 36ers in Adelaide 85 on uh, behalf of my mate Sapper and uh, this is Bonds. We're saying goodbye and we'll see you on Saturday night. Now Vasilovic into the post, Wiley, he's got to go to work on Moller, six on the shot clock, little baby hook goes, nice start from Jacob Wiley, Sixers get the ball back, Wiley, shut down by Creek, kicks it out to DJ, Vasilovic, welcome to Adelaide DJ, Gary Brown tries to answer at the other end, and you betcha, that is nothing but net. Silences the crowd. Kadi has it now in the front court. DJ Vasilovic, long dribble from him. Offensive rebound for the Sixers. McCarran, front and centre, knocks down the three. I don't think I can remember the Sixers taking more three-point shots. Wiley, now Kadi from the corner. Three-point ball from Jason Kadi. An inspirational moment for Burbank Homes. Inspiring design and personal service. And the turnover from Kadi. He put it up, he got fouled by Canyon. So there is a little bit of a spark from Jason Kadee. Now Dench, back to Smith Milner. Lovely second pass to Wiley who slams it home. Transition, one of the first transition buckets I can remember from the Sixers all night. Foxwell, stolen by Wiley. We'll get a nice dunk for the crowd. That's a bit of a highlight for the 36 fans to get it back on Saturday night. Alex Starling takes a long range three. As the final siren sounds here in Adelaide, it's all the Phoenix. 102-85, and it's a 17-point win. And uh, they've been far too good for the Adelaide 36ers tonight.